You are listening to audio from The Creek Church. If you would like more information about The Creek, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. Good morning. How are we doing? It's good to see you guys. Hey, I'm glad, uh, glad we got that update from Trinity. I miss him. Around staff, he was our resident Bible concordance. I could, I could say anything, and he'd tell me exactly what, what chapter, verse, book. It was just crazy. And so uh, um, we love uh, that what he's doing in Cleburne, and he and Cindy, we miss them. Heather and I catch up with them uh, for dinner several times a year and just kind of keep them on track and, and uh, just kind of encourage them along the way because church planning, it's a big deal. It's a big work. And 10 years ago when Heather and I uh, we're in this process of praying and planting and, and planting the creek. The creek will be 10 years old in March, and it's just, it's just weird. It feels, like, it feels like sometimes it feels like 25 years has gone by, and sometimes it feels like two years has gone by, and it's just one of those things. You know, when you, when you get into life and you, you're, you're really working in that purpose, and here's something that, that I looked up this week. I, I, have, I keep, I, I'm, I'm weird. I'm not a hoarder for stuff. I'm a hoarder for emails because I never know what I'm going to need. And so I, I probably have just all, way too many emails. But I went back and found the, the email that I sent to myself because there really wasn't anybody in the church. But I sent the email to myself of who was at the very first service for the creek. And ten, almost 10 years ago, there were 27 of us that gathered in a house, and we started this thing called the Creek Church. And uh, there's something we knew 10 years ago very clearly. 10 years ago, we knew this. We did not have the power to do this. We did not have the ability to, to create. We didn't have the ability to sustain. We didn't have what it took. We weren't, we weren't creative enough. We weren't smart enough. We didn't have enough money. I mean, every, every, every seminar we'd gone to, and Heather and I were going to conferences. I was reading books on church planning and, and all this information and, and, and spending time online. And everything said that you need to, when you launch a church, you need to have about 100 to 150 people and $250,000. And I was like, well, we don't have that. So I was like, God, this is you, baby. Baby. And uh, so we launched with 27 people and $47,000. And uh, God has done something incredible over these 10 years. It's been a, a wild ride. And he, he gave us a passion for our city. He called us to Fort Worth. And Heather and I were like, we'll go anywhere you want, God. And he called us to Fort Worth, and he's given us a passion for our city. I love my city. I love Fort Worth. Heather and I go out, and, and we'll just look at each other sometimes. And just, God, I just love my city. You know, I, I'm proud of Fort Worth. Now, there's something, you know, it's not perfect. There's some things that frustrate me a little bit, you know, like why you would finish road construction and start it over again. It's like a little kid with a puzzle. They get it finished, like, good job, and they dump it out and start again. Our streets aren't puzzles, folks. I mean, just get it fixed and finish it. If you leave it, finish it. But anyway, I, you know, I'm not the city manager. I'm the pastor in Fort Worth. So, uh, I, but I love my city. He gave us a passion for the city. And, and, and here's what we had. We didn't have, we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of people, but here's what we had. We had the number one thing that is needed for every church, and it's the gospel. We knew this, that God gave us a clear mission. It was to glorify God through lives changed by the message of Jesus. Everything about our life, everything about our life is about giving God glory. Everything, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. How we live, how we move, how we, how we interact, it's all for God's glory. It's not so we get more famous. It's not so people notice us. It's so people notice him. It's so people see God and see how good he is, how strong he is, how powerful he is, and how loving he is. And this message of Jesus is it's called the gospel. It means the good news. It's Jesus who, who gave his life on a cross for us and was resurrected three days later. 
and in that, that gospel, our lives find transformation. It's what we just celebrated in communion. We remembered, we celebrate, we honor Jesus through, through taking of communion. He says, as often as you eat and drink, remember me, remember my life, remember my sacrifice, remember the power that brought me from the grave so that you can live a transformed life. That's all we had. And the gospel is this. The gospel is the most powerful thing that we have because Romans 1 tells us that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And so for all who put their faith, their belief in Christ as Lord and Savior, this gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That's the power. It's not my words that have power. It's the word of God that has power. It's the actions of Jesus that bring the power. And we knew that 10 years ago, that if all we have is the gospel and, and, and one person gives their life to Christ in this process, then this whole church plant is worth it. And God's been so incredible and he's so creative that, that almost 10 years later, we've seen hundreds and hundreds of lives changed by this gospel. And God has just grown the creek. It's, it's, it's overwhelming sometimes how he's grown the creek. I mean, I love you guys. You're at the 830 service. Thank you. Last week, our 10 and 11.30 were chaotic. I mean, it was not a holiday weekend, and we had the largest attendance we've ever had on campus. And it, it, it's just like, man, God, you're just overwhelming us. It's because his power, not us. It's, he's great. It's not how great we are. I mean, I can walk through and find everything wrong, but here's what I know. I, I mean, 10 years ago, we knew we didn't have the power to do it, but we still don't have the power to do it. You know, you, you, when, when, when I was young, you, I kind of would daydream about that time somewhere in the future where, where you're like, okay, when am I going to have it all together? And when am I gonna, when I'm not going to have to worry about these things? And, you know, finances work and, and family works and job work, yeah, where everything just feels like it's all together. Can I let you in on a secret of humanity? Nobody on the face of this planet has it all together. There is that, that, that's an imaginary dot. That's a mirage on the horizon that we never get to. I mean, when, when, you, when you start a, a marriage, you think, is there a day when, when this thing can just hit cruise control? Absolutely not. It, you know, in our jobs, can we hit, there's nowhere in life we can just hit like cruise control and coast along and everything works. It doesn't. And, and what we know now is the same thing we knew 10 years ago. We don't have the power to do what God's calling us to do. He's calling us to plant another church. After 10 years, he said, now it's, it's time. We launched Trinity three years ago. Now it's time to plant another one and plant another church somewhere in our city because God has given us a passion for the city and we have the gospel. We don't have everything figured out. I'm the type of guy. So what steps do we take? And God says, just take the first one. I'll take care of all of the other ones. And so that's the power of God at work in us. That's the power of God at work because he wants to see our city transformed. And I want to look at this power. I want to understand a little bit more. If you got your Bible, go to Luke chapter 24. If you brought your Bible, then we're going to be in Luke 24, Acts 1, and Isaiah 40. If you don't have a Bible, we have some on the back cabinets. You can borrow that, or if you don't own one, then take that. That's our gift to you. I want you to have the Word of God in front of you. I want you to have access to make notes, to make, make underlines, highlight, whatever you got to do. Follow along your smartphone. I know there's ways to, to, to enter a note section in that, but I want you experience in the word of God. And in Luke chapter 24, Jesus is having a conversation with his, his disciples. This, this is really a, 
kind of a reflection uh, or an account of what we read two weeks ago in Matthew 28 called the Great Commission, where Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey my, my, my commands, and I will be with you even to the end of the age. And that was that commission, that was that charge that he gave to the church. That's the purpose, right? The purpose is to go make disciples. This is, this is another perspective. This is Luke writing this. Uh, his account of that same conversation, that same great commission. And this is what Jesus says. This is what Luke records Jesus saying. He said, he said, thus it is written, this is verse 46, thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. You're witnesses of these things. And behold, I'm sending you, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. What, the, he, he's restating this, go into all the world. Luke's like, he's like, this is what, what, this is what Jesus also said. So you've got multiple accounts in the Gospels, and you put them all together to kind of work the whole scene. Some of you are working through the chronological Bible, which is a great way to bring all that together. If you're struggling with, well, how does this fit? here has worked through the chronological Bible. But we're looking at Luke's account, and Jesus says it, it, it was written. So according to the Scriptures, according to the Word of God, we know in the Old Testament, and if you're new to the, new to the Bible, the Bible's broken down into two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament um, was showing us the character of God. It was building the promises of God through a nation of Israel, and it was showing us that, that there's this law, there's this, there's this structure, but all of that could not save us. Everything in the Old Testament points toward the one in the New Testament, Jesus, the first four books are the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, and, and everything points towards Jesus from the Old Testament. And then the rest of the New Testament is how do we live in light of, of this word, of this truth, of this, this what's written. And Jesus saying it, it was written that Christ has to suffer and would be crucified. He would be resurrected. See, what, what happens is there's power in those words. Jesus says, you've seen the power of the resurrection. The purpose he's giving us is, is all of this has happened, and so you're witnesses of this. You've seen this. They saw him crucified. They saw him placed in the tomb. They saw him resurrected. They're interacting with him now. And he says, you're witnesses of this. I'm reminded of what we taught last week when Paul said, look, my passion is this. I want to know him. I want to know Jesus, and I want to know the power of his resurrection. The disciples are standing in front of him. They've known him for the last three years, and now they're experiencing the power of his resurrection. And he says, you start here in Jerusalem. That's where they were. And you're going to work out throughout the entire world with this message to be witnesses. There's great power in that. He goes, there's going to be power that comes upon you. I'm going to explain to you. I'm going to send this promise that I gave you. In John chapter 14, Jesus teaches them about this promise, this, this Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I'm going away. And it's actually better for you that I, that, I, that, I, that, that, I, that I go because when I go, I'm going to ask the Father. He's going to send another helper for you, the Holy Spirit. That's the power. That's, the, that's, the, that's everything. So what we've got, if you're, if you're having a hard time understanding God, it's like, what's this idea of God? God is a Father, God is the Son, and God is the Holy Spirit. They're all the same. 
Jesus is God wrapped in flesh. The Holy Spirit is the presence and power of God at work in us even today. And Jesus said, this is who I'm going to send. Scripture says in the Greek it's that the Holy Spirit is a paraclete. He comes alongside of us to help us, encourage us, convict us when we're, when we're, when we're off the path, when we're walking in sin. And he, he comes and he provides the power for our life. And he doesn't just provide the power in this room on a, on a Sunday morning. If the context of our faith in Christianity is just in this room, it's pointless because everything we experience in here, the power of God unto salvation, this message, this life, this, this resurrection, this forgiveness, this grace that we have, every, all the power we experience here should impact Monday morning. It should change how we live life, change how we view life, change how we focus on things. That's why Jesus said, I'm trusting you with all of this to be my witnesses and go and you'll receive power from the Holy Spirit, but wait. And then, and then Luke, Luke wrote this gospel, but he also wrote the book of Acts. So go, go over to Acts chapter one. And I, I, wanna, I, wanna just, I wanna show you something. And while I'm doing that, I, I forgot to do this, so I'll be looking through the Bible in a minute, so I gotta find that. Um, but in Acts chapter one, Luke wrote Acts one. And Acts is kind of a continuation, but he kind of he picks back up where this conversation was. It's kind of like... Um, it's kind of like watching a show and you watch an entire season in two days, binge watching, and then it takes them a year to make eight more episodes. A year, y'all, I mean, come on. That's not even working part-time. A year, you get, the, you get everybody captivated and hooked. We binge watch your episodes and a year later, and they start advertising six months before. You're like, oh, yeah, that'll happen. No, we really, we've been working on this. And then, and then what they have to do, the first episode of the second season, they spend the first half of the episode, half of the episode, explaining what happened in season one. You're like, why don't you work more and give me 30 more minutes? No, I'm just kidding. But, I just, but, but anyway, that's what Luke is doing. Um, so Luke goes back in and he kind of he goes back to this conversation, this, this, this time that Jesus is talking. And in verse four of Acts one, it says that, that, that Jesus, um, while, they were, while Jesus was staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, get this, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, John baptized with water, but, I, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He goes on in this conversation. They ask him a question. He responds. He says this in verse 8. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth. This power doesn't come from the disciple. This power comes from the Holy Spirit. And when we start really looking at what Jesus is showing us, our purpose is to go make disciples. It is to go teach. It is to go share. It is to go be witnesses. So often we get so, um, we get so tense about being a witness. And Jesus said, look, all I'm asking you to do as, as you go and as you do life, as you, as you go to work, as you, as you lead your families, as you, as you go to school, as you, as you go shopping, all this, I'm just saying, as you go, make disciples. Well, how do I do? You be my witnesses. Well, how do I do that? Will you share what you've experienced with Jesus? Well, well what if I'm not good enough? You're not, but the power of the Holy Spirit is. And when you start sharing, when you start 
ministering to someone, when you start talking to somebody, when you start just being a friend and, 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 and being present with people who are going through life, then what happens is the Holy Spirit starts to give us power so that we can then be his witnesses. And God has this purpose for the church. Every person in the church, he's given us this purpose. And see, we, we, we want power, right? We want the power. That sounds great. I want power to, to have Monday morning a lot different than it's been for the last several years. I want, I want power in my life so my family goes in a different direction. I want power in my life so, so everything, everything seems to work. And here's the thing is God will give us the power, but he gives us the power for his purpose, not ours. And we've got to realize that. Too many times we get stuck and we're like, well, I just don't feel God's power. I don't feel his presence. I don't feel God doing anything. And let me just ask you this. Whose purpose are you serving? It's really a motive check. I mean, we, we, we look at this lamp. I mean, Jesus said in, in, in Matthew 5 that, that, that we are the light of the world. You don't put a lamp under the table. You put a lamp on the table. And so you've got this lamp. And, and the lamp does not determine its purpose. The maker does. The maker says, I'm making a lamp. Why? Because I want to light up the dark. Now, this is where you know that, that, that God has to make the lamp and not, not women because women would make the lamp and it would just be decorative and, and not plug in. I mean, well, maybe I just said not women. I mean, Heather. <laughs> because in our house... She comes to me and she says, I want a lamp right here. It's the middle of the living room, honey. And she goes, I, I want to I put a lamp here. And I was like, well, you know, I go into problem-solving mode, right? Well, we have to call a contractor. They're going to have to drill through the foundation. They're going to have to cut a trench and, and tie into an electric line and run and put an outlet right here so you can have your lamp right here. I was like, but I'm not spending that money on that, honey. I love you, but no, 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 no. So the, a lamp's not going to go there. Well, she won, and, and so <laughs> Matt's crawling on the floor, and, and, and this is where God's creativity kicks in, and Heather telling me, you're going to get it done, but uh, we have an area rug, and so I'm weaving a, an extension cord under the rug and under our sectional sofa all the way to the point, making the turns and everything so that she can have a lamp right there. So I came through for my baby. There's a lamp in the middle of the room. But this lamp has a purpose. I mean, if, if, if we set a lamp on that table and didn't plug it in, what's the point, right? Because if you walk in through the dark and you see a lamp, you're like, oh, it, it, what is going on? And, and the purpose of the lamp is to light up the room. God has, a, listen to this, God has a purpose for your life. And, and so, many, so many times we, you know where we get our purpose? from other people who are successful in their purpose. We start looking at other people and going, I want my life to be like that. I want to experience what they experience. And so we start to reshape our purpose. We tell God, I don't want to be a lamp. I want to be this. I, that's what I want to be. So I want your power to provide my purpose. And God says, I won't do that. The Holy Spirit says, look, if you want to go pursue your purpose, I'll be right here. But if you want power, then submit to God's purpose. And I tell you what, you experience a power like you've never experienced before. You experience amazing things where you come up against a mountain and you go, I don't know how to get over this thing. And God says, man, my power can move it. And we've got to surrender ourselves to God's purpose. Or we say, it's, it's, it's what you want. It's not what I want. Look, 11 years ago, I didn't want to plant a church. I was comfortable. 
I mean, dealing with the messiness of church, I didn't want to plant the church. But what I had done is I said, God, my life is yours. I want your purpose for my life. I want you to lead me. And you know what God does? I want you to plant the church. Okay. Well, I don't know how we're going to do it. <laughs> Let me do it. We've got to have the power of God to accomplish what he's asking us. If not, it's in our own power. And to get that power, our lives have to be positioned to receive this power. The lamp has to be positioned close to an outlet. Otherwise, it's a decoration. And you know what? The world doesn't need to see another selfish lamp that has no ability to light up. The world needs light. And we've got to position ourselves to receive that power. Listen to what Jesus said in Acts 4. In Acts chapter 1, in verse 4, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. I mean, that's not Jesus giving a suggestion like, you know, I think it'd be good for you to stay here, just hang out here, and just, just, just you know, the wait list is about 30 minutes, the buzzer will go off and the Holy Spirit will be here. But Jesus says, no. I'm ordering you, wait here. And see, we think waiting is, is a passive thing. We're like, well, okay, I just have to sit, sit here and do nothing. No, 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 no. Waiting is active. Look at verse 14. What were they doing? They were all together. There was unity. They devoted themselves to prayer. So it wasn't like, well, we're just sitting here waiting on the Holy Spirit. No, they were engaging they were attentive, they were in prayer, they were, they were ministering to one another. See, see waiting is an, is, an, is an active thing. And, and, and Heather constantly has to, on the way to the airport, she has to talk me, just talk me down or talk me, you know, just kind of coach me and remind me, look, we're probably gonna have delays and you just gotta be patient. And, and she used to get so frustrated. I, mean, I remember one time she said, why do you get so frustrated when, when there's a delay in the airport? You're sitting in a chair here. You're just gonna sit on an airplane seat. Why do you get so frustrated sitting in traffic? And you know what I realized? Those are places of movement and I'm not moving. I said, like, I can wait in this seat in the terminal, but I'd rather wait in the seat on the airplane halfway between here and there. But waiting needs to be an active thing. Because in the waiting, even in the waiting, the power can come. Look at, look at Isaiah chapter 40. I love Isaiah 40. The nation of Israel is going through some hard things, and they're kind of like, man, God, where's this at? Where are you at? You know, we're just tired. We just need something. We need a sign. In Isaiah 40, verse 28, this is, the, this is the prophecy of Isaiah. This is what he says to the nation. This is what we get the benefit of hearing and knowing God's heart for us. Have you not known and have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. Have, do you realize that? The power of God that you're asking to work in your life is the same power that called the mountains from the flats. It called everything. The same power that spoke into the darkness and created everything. That's God's creative power. We get to a point, we go, I don't know how God's gonna do this. I don't have the ability to do it. God, I need your ability. And, and we, we, we sell short the power of God. He's the creative God. He's the creator of all the universe. And he's got a purpose for you. 
It says this, that, that he's the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He doesn't rest. He doesn't tire. He never stops working. Even when you don't see it, he's still working. Even when you don't feel it, he's working. It says even um, his he gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even you shall faint and be weary. And young men shall fall exhausted. We think, okay, you think you're getting older. You're like, man, I just, I just wish I had the energy and power that I used to. That's nothing. That power is finite. He's saying God is the infinite source of power. He's got the power. He's got the ability. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Man, that's a great message. And this waiting, you know, there's something that I, I learned this week and about eagles. It says they'll mount up with wings like eagles. There's something that I learned about eagles this week that is really just mind-blowing. Eagles don't flap their wings, they soar. I mean, they'll flap to get off the ground after they, after they make a kill and, and they've eaten whatever they, they've they've. They've taken their prey, but, but here's where an eagle spends the majority of their time. They'll spend their time on the side of a mountain or somewhere very high, and they sit and they wait. And they're not just sitting there thinking about nothing. They're not just sitting there doing nothing. They're attentive. They're paying attention to the wind. They're paying attention to everything going on around them because when they sense it, they feel it moving that wind creates an updraft, and when that updraft comes, they just open their wings. And that updraft will carry that eagle, and they soar. And an eagle can fly up to 10,000 feet. They can actually, some have been recorded seeing up to 20,000 feet above the earth. You don't get that high by flapping. You get that high by soaring. And do you know when eagles fly the highest and the best? During a storm when everything around them is turbulent because there's a power at work in them that is greater than they are. Yeah, God designed them and equipped them for that, but they wait on the Lord. L listen to me, listen to me. What does your waiting look like? What does your waiting look like? I mean, are you, are you in a position of prayer? Are you in a position of spending time in the word? Are you, are you being attentive to God? Are, listen to this. The waiting is also active because many of us are gonna go eat this afternoon and you're gonna, be, you're gonna have a waiter. They don't sit behind the counter and go, oh, I'll see what you want sometime. It's active. How active is your waiting not to where you're trying to pursue your own purpose, but, but are, are you waiting? Are, are, you, are you praying and are you in the word? And it's not just in here in the word. It's, it's in, in your daily life in the word because what happens is when you're in that context, when you're in that position, what happens is you start to sense, hey, the wind's moving. And I love that, that then in the scripture, the Holy Spirit is referred to as wind and that's the power, right? And so all of a sudden you start feeling that wind blowing and all of a sudden, boom, you just spread your wings. And you're like, man, there's a power that is is holding me up. There's a power that is moving me. There's a power that is, is guiding me. And the purpose that I'm fulfilling is not mine. It's so much greater than mine. And this power is at work in us. 
And when that power comes and we, we, we're, we're ready to act and we move, that power, God's power, is going to lead us to action. It's going to mean that we're going to take off, we're going to take flight, we're going to go. People are going to see us as we go, and they're going to wonder, what kind of power is it that's sustaining you in this, especially in a storm? You're going through some of the most difficult things imaginable. What is keeping you above this? What is keeping you out of the fray? what's, What's moving you in life? How are you doing this? And then we come back to our purpose. It's to share what Jesus is doing in our life. Why do you share? Why are you so in love with Jesus? Because my my passion is to know him and to know the power of his resurrection. And you know what? I'm experiencing the power of his resurrection as his power moves in me and propels me towards his purpose. It's a beautiful thing. And the Holy Spirit begins to move in and move on us. But here's the thing. That power has to create an action. We light it up. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill. It can't be hidden. No one one puts a lamp under the table, but they put it on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, Jesus says, let your light so shine before men that they see your good deeds, not to see how great you are and how powerful you are. Why? So that God may get the glory. This power moves through it. This lamp just doesn't say, oh, I want to contain all this power right here. This is my power. No, this says this is the power of God unto salvation. I'm going to go into all the world. I'm going to push back the darkness. You know what? The lamp doesn't get worried. I'm about to get turned on. I'm about to get lit up, man. I don't know what the darkness is going to think. You know what? Because the darkness cannot overtake the light. And God has said, you are, you are the light of the world. And the power that lights you up is the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's time to get lit up. Some of you have been disconnected with God. Some of you have never had a connection with God at all. And today's the day I'm, I'm inviting you to, to plug in. Plug into the source of power that never, never faints, never grows weary, never runs out. Some of, some of you are disconnected. You know, at one time you were, you, were, you, were, you were lit up, but, but your cord, your life got longer than the cord and you've disconnected. I'm inviting you to come back and plug in so that the power of God can move through you for the benefit of somebody else. You may go, well, I, my life is just, I don't, I, my, man, my life is a mess. What are people gonna think? And you, you, let me just say this. You know the first thing this lamp lights up? The lamp. When God lights up our life and I look at this and go, I'm not perfect. I got issues. But the creator of all the universe loves me. And he's forgiven me. And he has a purpose for me. And he's pouring his power in me to pour out through me. And it humbles me. 
So I'm just asking you to humble yourself before God. Ask him for that connection. Ask him for the power to flow as he moves you in his purpose so we can change this world. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your grace, your goodness, your mercy. God, I'm just inviting those this morning. I'm asking for your power to be, that's already at work in this place today, that your power at work in this place make connections. God, for those that have never been connected to you and they hear this message that, that you are powerful, God, that you are creative, that you love us, that you gave your life for us, Jesus, that you were resurrected. I just pray right now that they have the courage to say, Jesus, I, I need you. I need the power of your forgiveness in my life. I need that power for you to save my life. And I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm asking you to plug me in to God, to the power of God. Make me new and change me. God, for those that have been disconnected, I'm praying today is a day that that, that reconnection happens. The power gets turned back on. God, use us to light up the world. We're here for you. Forgive us when we pursue our own purposes, but we come back to yours. Give us power in your purpose not for our glory, but for yours. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the Creek Church. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast, or if you have any questions, you can email us at info at